0: to this fine radio program, podcast and video cast known collectively as smoking and, Smokin and toastin' and toasting. And we are uh, brought to you by B and B butchers and Restaurant, at eighteen fourteen Washington Ave in Houston and the shops at Clearfort in Fort Worth. And we are live at B and B today. In fact we are in the uh, the butcher room. Yeah, but shop, shop and delay just Absolutely. to do something totally shop different. And deli. Yes. So uh, so we're very excited. And Jeremiah Butler is here, our uh, our B and B buddy who we uh, I, I just like this to be known, but we invite Jeremiah on the show pretty much every week. <laughs> so when he actually accepts and makes it, it's just such a treat.
1: For us. When he comes down to our level. Yeah, that's oh, right. You man. know, he's a busy
0: man. He's a busy man. <laughs> it's, no, it's, seriously, it's so great to have you back on the show. Absolutely, it's it great good to be back. Long. It's been way too long. Yes. Way and, too long. And, and we. And you guys have been having
2: way too much fun without me.
0: And well, we have. We've had a lot of fun without you. But I think we might come close to it today because we've been talking about this. You and I have for a while. Yes. And today we are going to do the Rum Show. The
1: Rum Show. So we're yes. Gonna
0: talk, a little bit about rum. Uh, Jeremiah, who's uh, you know super knowledgeable about whiskeys, also knows way more than a person should be allowed to know about rums. And yeah. so I want to talk about this. I love rums, and, and I, I want to learn more and uh, just give people a chance to find out more about what you know rums are all about. Yeah. That's right, everybody. Welcome to the Rum Show, or
1: what to do with a drunken sailor. <laughs>
0: That's right. There we go. And uh, this is my friend and <laughs> uh, and uh, partner on the show, uh, Mr. Ian Berry. Ian, welcome. How you doing today? I, I'm doing great, man. I'm having a I'm great just. Time. I'm excited. This is uh, it's the first time I've been in this area of B and B because generally I head straight for the. Uh uh, patio upstairs and and, uh, and order some bacon and uh, and something to drink and uh, then just kind of sit around and, and The patio is insanely and busy and wait, today, too. Wait to decide what kind of cigar. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's the right kind of weather for it's the patio. It's beautiful. Isn't it outside it, it is absolutely, absolutely gorgeous. gorgeous. But yeah. it's neat
2: to be in here because this is like a part of the restaurant that a lot of people, some people don't even know we have. So right. we're actually like inside that little portal over there. We actually dry-age all of our the meat that we serve. So you
0: can look inside. It's kind of like oh, a, yeah, a, a absolutely. visual. You can kind of uh, get so into where the magic happens yep, and then you
2: and we, you know, we have the butcher counter where we serve and you can all come, the cuts. Actually,
0: this is where you buy the cuts and Absolutely. take them home, which
1: you've tried mm. to do that with the bacon, right? They have the bacon right there in the yeah. case. Yeah, you can I see it. I should turn that camera around. but Right there in the case, Chef Tommy's famous bacon right there. And even the directions, it's a whole kit on how to make this at home. And yes, so and, and, and we will, we will mail made, it
0: to you as well. Yeah. How did <laughs> it come out when you make, made it at I home? I love that. It's amazing. How did it it's come amazing. out when you made it well, at
1: home? Well, so you don't get the ambiance right? that you get when you're here. Of course. But then again, you don't have anybody judging you when you're shoving it in your face either. <laughs> <That's true>. <laughs> <laughs> you're just gloriously eating five pieces of blue cheese-covered
2: bacon. That's
1: a good thing. And that it's bacon is thing. like
0: this thick, too. Like, no joke. Yeah, it's yeah. special. We actually
2: get it in whole slabs and then cut it here.
0: into, That's, the, into the, so So good. we get the thickness that we want. That's, That's so wonderful. Good. Well, when I was in Los Angeles, I was bragging on you. I was out at this barbecue place, and they had some very thick-cut barbecued bacon. And it was quite good, oh. but I was telling them about... Your bacon well, hey, There it, you go. You know It's just It's that's legendary right. There's Did nothing else like it You call that like bacon? It. Yeah that's exactly <laughs> right we're, uh, It was we're good cross country now like, uh, like, Yeah let me just tell you So uh, I feel compelled to point out That the rum show Our show live here at B&B With our special guest Jeremiah Is in fact show number 85 We are now up to 85 episodes 85 episodes That is wow. wild I mean that's that's pretty crazy like, That's pretty awesome. We haven't okay. been kicked off the internet, which you would think somebody <laughs> you would funny. think somebody would have done that by now. But have hey, seen these guys. It's probably because I haven't go. been on the show as much. You, know, you yeah. guys get a lot more <laughs> credibility with me not talking. <laughs> we're well, a public it's, danger. it's 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 been, a, it's been a fun 85 episodes, I can tell you that. Oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. It really has. So uh, we're going to taste some very interesting beers today. And, of course, we're going to talk and taste rum. Um, interestingly enough, and I didn't realize this until... Uh, Uh, Until I was just pulling things together. But uh, we actually have two beers from Austin, Texas breweries uh, today. So we'll be doing a sort of a mini tribute to Austin. And uh, then we have today's beers, at least two of them, it's all about um, the name. Uh, There are two of these beers that I bought thinking I'm buying this just for the name. Uh, I hope it tastes good. But one of them is uh, from Fourth Tap Brewery in Austin. Their IPA, which is called Kung Fu Robot IPA. I love that. That's Purchase awesome. That, I, that yeah, would just reach right it. out and put it in. Yeah, how, do you, in the how do you not buy Kung Fu Robot? How do you not buy Kung Fu Robot? Yeah. Uh, and then Left Hand Brewing, which is a great brewery oh, yeah. from Longmont, Colorado. They have a porter called Death Before Disco. I've never heard of that I- one. I
2: that's awesome
1: yeah,
0: yeah. I so feel, I
2: feel like I've, I've heard of that one maybe yeah Today is
0: all about the names yeah, so it's yeah. all about the names Excellent. Yeah. and then we'll be trying to tell a celllice uh, pale bot uh, from the cellis brewery from Austin as well and then the roms uh Jeremiah has chosen a couple that I'm just like I'm well I'm I'm salivating yeah already. yeah they're pretty yeah. here I'll, let me, yeah yeah, turn just, them around for the camera there. That, yeah, I, yeah, this, a this little, is a
2: new thing for me—the the camera part. So. Right
0: now, we were talking about tasting one that you had that was no longer available, which was yes, the Pirat sixteen twenty three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we decided, you know, let's go with uh, something that people will be able to find. if, they, if they wanted to uh, to get some. So, and I um, think
2: this is a better dichotomy of rum than those two. Well, so. we'll get
0: into we'll get into talking about uh, rums and and what even some of the rum terms mean. Certainly. And, you know, most people know that rum is sugarcane and and molasses. But uh, but the finer points of uh, how how do you age a rum and what kind of barrels do they age in? Absolutely. want to talk about all of that oh, stuff. Yeah. This will be uh, educational to me yeah. because I don't really do a whole
1: lot of rum. But yeah. I've seen
0: you drink rum and enjoy oh, it. Oh, no,
1: I'm pretty good uh, at yeah. it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I just don't know a lot about it.
0: Did you uh, smoke anything interesting this week?
1: Uh, you know, last night I sat down. It's been so nice. Like, our weather right now is yeah. so good. And, um, and so it's just been an absolute joy to sit outside. There's a little bit of a chill breeze and and, and not so much in the way of mosquitoes. I sat out and had an old classic, the uh, Oliva. Oliva. Sorry, I always say that. I'll put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. The Oliva. 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 Siri V. Uh-huh. And uh, it, it's absolute classic cigar. It's a dark, a little bit oily kind of uh, uh, wrapper to it. I'm trying to get to the particulars here so I can actually impart knowledge on you. Well,
0: I will say, while you're looking for that, this is a cigar you and I have had an argument about. There we go. Because I was convinced it was the Siri 5 or the Siri uh, Cinco. Oh, no, no. So, so it, it looks like it's probably a 5, but
1: the thing is, they have the other cigars in the, in the line that are the Siri O. And the Siri G, right? So I just assumed that this was a letter as well, and I,
0: and I never thought of that. See, so I'm thinking it must—it has to be like a Roman numeral, and like like if you think of the like like the brand Five Vegas is Single Vegas, right? Right. And, right. And, and there's a whole lot of other instances of that in the cigar world. So the I just X, uh, oh, right? Right. So I just assumed it was. Uh, it was a V, well, as in five. I, I but just went by it, context clues. I think I think you <laughs> may be right, true. but we, but deductive we had
2: reasoning. So so, deductive
1: so, reasoning. so how was this thing? You uh, this is a great cigar. I'll go ahead and give up the uh, give up the ghost on this one right up front. This is a great cigar. It's not an expensive cigar. It's um what are they five or six dollars yeah. for the for the size that I had, which was the Corona. Um, the draw is always great. The construction is always great on them. Uh, the The cigar itself is a pretty cigar. It's a dark uh, liero uh, wrapper. Uh, oh, see, let's see, a beautiful habano sun-grown wrapper. Sorry, yeah. um, but it's got the head. It's oily. Tobacco in it. yeah. It's it's just this great, chewy kind of like fantastic, solidly built cigar. The first uh, initial light of this cigar always has a little bit of a little bit of a punch to it which i enjoy it's not spicy right it's just a little bit of it's got a a certain fullness to it yeah fullness Mm -hmm. to it um it comes in on the full side of cigars uh as far as the uh, flavor profile goes which i enjoy it doesn't load up it just stays nice full Uh, it's got a little bit of complexity to it all the way through a little bit of uh, there's a little bit of pepper without being spicy um not not any of the hot side that lays on your tongue it's got um It's got, like, some chocolate to the finish. It's got all the traditional tobacco flavors you would expect all the way through. And this is just such a solid, like, standby for me. And and I ended up, I have, I think, half of a box in my humidor of them right now. So I've been going through them pretty regularly. Yeah, Because also the size on these, like, sometimes I don't want to commit... You know, an hour to, to an, an hour and a half, cigar, yeah, right. absolutely. And so, once in a while, I go. You know, I'll have a small cigar. And I usually like the bigger cigars because I like the time commitment anyway. Sure, you can't hurry up and smoke a cigar. So once you light a cigar, you're just sitting there enjoying yourself. But these these allow you to uh, like. My brother's been in town. We've been hanging out, and uh, and so allow me to sit outside. You know, thirty minutes or so have a smoke. And I praise to quality. We've had the uh, the. Oliva rep on the show before, and he's such a nice guy. Price to quality on this, I'm going to give them credit on this. This is a six. You know, wow. it's, it's worth a little more than what you pay for cause it's because it's always a great smoke and it's always consistent.
0: And it's also not overpriced. Like this, no. Oliva is one of those lines where. They really price their cigars reasonably. Yeah, they don't, let, they don't they let the could, name price it. Right, right. They could easily go a couple of bucks a stick higher and, and get it, I think, with no problem. Even their but higher, I love that they don't.
1: Even their higher priced cigars are still pretty reasonable and smoke like a better cigar than what you're paying for. Yeah, absolutely. Me. So absolutely. I, that's one of the lines where I feel like if you go buy something that has that name on there, you're
0: probably going to get something worth what you're paying for. Anyway. I think you're right. I think you're right. I've uh, been on an A.J. Fernandez uh, kick of like late <laughs> years, and, and it's easy to be on an A.J. Oh, Fernandez yeah, yeah. kick right now because he's everywhere. He's yeah. like he's suddenly the it guy of the cigar yeah. world. And not only are all of his uh, you know, cigars in his own line doing really, really well. But like all these different cigar manufacturers are contracting with him to make a cigar for them. Right. So he's done a Monte Cristo. Tons of he's done a James Romeo and yeah, yeah. He's done it right exactly. And uh, so I have been going through one by one and trying them all because I just I really appreciate the complexity of his blends. And so I got a chance to try the Toro of the H Upman Nicaragua Ooh. by uh, AJ I mean, I I like A J Fernandez. And I have to tell Upman. you. It's it's fantastic, like, outstanding. It's, it's it's just I mean everything that I've tasted of AJ's lately um, has had just this wonderful complexity and flavor to it. This is on the big side; it's a medium to full, but it's and. and I'm not used to that A from H. Upman, because H. Upman's usually a little more in the mild to medium uh, uh, yeah, thing. Oh, except for maybe a couple of blends. But this one is is as complex. I mean, honestly, it's one of the best H. Upmans that I've ever had. And the the AJ stuff just has... I mean, he's only blended a couple of things that I've had uh, that I thought didn't have just amazing complexity to them. And, and all of the stuff of his that's come out lately... The maca, uh, not the macanudo, but the Monte Cristo and the Romeo and Julieta It's they've just been fantastic. Yeah. Like they really have. This one may be my favorite of the bunch that I've tried so far. That he has blended for uh, someone else. A uh, lot of creaminess for a full-bodied cigar. Uh, wonderful complexity. There's leather. There's nuts. There's like a little bit of uh, that sort of. Earthy cocoa kind of vibe. Mm. You know what I mean when I say that. Almost
2: like cocoa nibs. Yes, yes, absolutely. Not necessarily chocolate, but like cocoa nibs. It it
0: was definitely not chocolate, but it had that almost gritty Mm -hmm. uh, consistency cocoa to it. Really, really wonderful. Um, The cigars are in the neighborhood. Depending on where you buy them, they're in the neighborhood of eight bucks. Uh, I would have been thrilled with this at ten dollars. So I'm giving it a uh, a six and a half. Oh, all, right. Half, so, all right. So uh, a a very high plus, ranking. Plus
1: AJ's a nice guy.
0: Yes, he is a nice guy. And uh, and considering that I gave a cigar a 4 last week, I thought I'd better like <laughs> try to come to the uh, try to come to the side. But that cigar had qualities
1: like, you know, the, the, the light like, paper effervescence. Well, yeah,
0: yeah. You, you, you know when you when you can get burnt paper as one of your uh, as one of your aromas for a cigar, you're going to be on <laughs> on the left of the five, you know, rating. Yeah, uh, yeah, for, just because it yeah. is. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, no. I was convinced that I was. Bur- now, this is not the H. Upman, by the way. The H. Upman was terrific, <laughs> but the cigar I talked about last week, uh, which was a uh, Hogshead by Taranio, and admittedly a cheap cigar, but and that's fine. Like I, I, I was well, trying to judge it based on yeah. the price that it that it uh, that it carries, and I will tell you. When uh, I started to notice that aroma coming through the cigar, I had to look and go: Is there a band on here somewhere oh, that I'm wow. burning yeah, that I thought uh, that I that I missed somehow? And uh, no, that wasn't the case. Gentle notes of house but, fire. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> You know, when your cigar makes you think of a John Mellencamp song, it's never a good thing. It's never a good you know, thing. I've
2: never, never gotten burning trash can from a cigar before. <laughs> this is amazing.
0: All right. So we got a lot of stuff to taste. i and very excited about the rum. Plus, um, there's a new whiskey uh, that's come out that we need to talk about because it's introduced by Matthew McConaughey. It's a dreamy sort of a whiskey because... That's the way he talks in right, that dreamy right, right. sort of fashion. All, right, all right, yeah. You knew so, that was coming. So we'll talk about that, yes. Plus, how you could win your own cigar shed. It's not from us, but we'll tell you how to how to get to enter in the drawing. It's a pretty exciting I, thing. I, w- I want a cigar shed. Yeah, I think we should all have one. So, yeah, that's the uh, thing. But, but if you win it, you have to invite me over to hang out in it. All right, smoking and toasting, show number 85. We're live at B&B, and we'll be right back. All right. Back it's smoking and toast and show number eighty five. It's the Rum Show with uh, our good buddy Jeremiah Butler from B and B, and we're live at B and B in uh, Houston. And we were talking about this, Jeremiah. Um, in in the next month or so, um, we are planning to, to road trip to do a live show from your new B&B Fort Worth location. Yes, So Fort Worth Worth location is beautiful. So how long has it been open now? Uh, We
2: opened just before the new year. Right. Um, And so we've been open since then. Um, It's a little different location wise. So here in Houston, we're a freestanding building right uh, there is part of a center so right. the shops at clear fork right um good neighborhood to be in uh when your neighbors are like burberry and you know gucci it doesn't yeah. hurt business <laughs> uh but it's awesome um uh, same same style of uh, format so we mm-hmm. have fully functioning butcher shop tom is our butcher up there he's incredible um really really big one up there because it's within the residential it's actually a little bit bigger than the butcher shop we have here so it's got a little uh slightly more expanded menu of like the side items and the right. cured meats and things you can take home um <clears throat> but uh it's been just a runaway train man
0: it's awesome so let me ask you this when you're uh curating the bar cuz that's what you do uh, yes, sir. primarily for b&b is you're in charge of you know what you're going to have behind yes. the bar what cocktails maybe you're going to be your featured cocktails and so on so when you're curating because i think of fort worth dallas and houston as being as different from each other as say los angeles is from san francisco if you're on the west coast or uh, new york is from philadelphia if you're on the east coast Uh, they're just they're just different places with different tastes how does that enter into what you decide to put behind the bar, does it make uh, the, things for different? For the back bar, it's definitely different.
2: So cocktail-wise, I think that the cocktail trends that are happening right now are fairly universal with the classics and mm, things sure. like that. So like, you know, you don't reinvent the wheel there. But one of the main differences for me when I'm looking at the back bar and what we put there is Fort Worth is much more of an American whiskey market. Really? So here in Houston, I'm probably 65 to 35 single malt and, you know, the styles of whiskey to mm-hmm. American, like to American bourbons, bourbons like and like re- right. whereas up there, it's a, it's a flip-flop. Interesting. So maybe 65, 35 into the Americans, and, and so you've got a lot more rise, a lot more bourbons, a lot more American blends, uh, which I think is actually kind of cool because uh, I, I, American whiskey, especially the non-classics, like... Getting away from your traditional bourbons, I think, is a very mm-hmm. cool category right now. The blended bourbons and the American whiskeys like Stranahan's and Tin Cup and Westland. Right. Um, they're doing things that I think are really cool and, and, and different and trend-setting, but sticking within the, tradition, the traditions of how whiskey should be made It's
1: really, well, really neat. With
0: respect to our friends in Scotland... American whiskey is, like, exploding right now. Yeah, right? yeah like absolutely. such yeah, a I the, huge... I think you know. the last time we were here, we had that Hudson four grain.
1: was yes, so Yes, absolutely. And mm-hmm. that's when
2: I went to pick the barrel. Yeah. And, and that's... But that's, like, a prime example of one of those styles right. where it, it kind of breaks away. Like, that one's a 60% corn, uh, 20% rye, and then 10 wheat and barley. Uh, 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 and, and so... But you're having where now people are they're they're just kind of shafting the rules and it's it's becoming less taboo to put American whiskey on your label,
0: right? As,
2: right. As, as, so you don't, you don't have to stick with that 51% corn and you can only age in new American oak, you know, mm-hmm. these 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 and they're great rules for bourbon.
0: Let me ask you uh, this question: Is there, um, and you know, I, I, the question just left my mind because I was thinking, about, oh, I know what it was. <laughs> uh, when you do uh, a private uh, barrel like that, like you did Certainly. for the Hudson. Um, how long do you expect that to last? I realize it depends on how much of the people drink, but like when you bring that back and you're like, okay, it's available at B and B.
2: Well, I got to uh, be honest. I hope not very long. I mean, yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but but like, but what are your what are your
2: expectations that uh, it would last it, a year? It, that it would typically typically last a month. You, typically, you hope that you can get close to a year out of it because okay. basically, a lot of times with barrel programs, it's an annual thing. Um, like Ben, the so you go and back I to get a new barrel, next year. And, and then this year I believe what we're going to be trying to do is go up and get a barrel of the Hudson Rye. Mm. Um, so, but it's just one of those things, and and it's a really uh, interesting and cool thing because I think we talked about it last time when we had the Hudson. Um, was that you know picking a barrel is interesting because you can't just go and get the one that's your favorite.
0: Because not right. everybody
2: has the same palate. Like, I have a very hot palate. I like overproof. I like mm-hmm. aggressive.
0: Right. I don't really look for a lot of balance. But that may not be what your customer base Absolutely.
2: is looking for. Yeah. And then same thing. Like, I don't necessarily drink a lot of old-fashioned. So, you know, but you have to think about when you're getting the yeah. barrel. Okay, is this going to work for an old-fashioned? Will this work with soda, water? Is it work? Does it work neat? Does it work just on the rocks? Is this going to have a broad appeal? Because... If you just buy the barrel that's for you, you know you're, I, I'm not drinking the Hudson very often. You know I, 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 can, I mean not because right. I don't like it. I have a bottle at my house, but you know I mean I'm at work.
1: Like. <laughs>
0: right, right.
2: <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's it's people a great people experience. think your
0: job must be awesome because you just come to work and drink whiskey. There are right.
2: days where I start my day uh, with like 30 minutes of drinking booze. Yeah. You know, but it's no. tough. All
1: right, yeah, but, but we call that we call that research. Well, absolutely, yes. education. Exactly. You know, I can't tell
0: the staff. So speaking of research, we want to delve into some of yours. Uh, with rum in just a few minutes. Absolutely. But first we want to do a little research on a little beer from Austin, Texas from the Cellis uh, Brewery. Am I pronouncing Cellis or I was rum? actually going to ask cellis. you if it was cellus or Cellus. I always cellis. thought it
1: was Cellis for some reason. Cellis, but
0: but you say Cellis, I'll say cellus. One say cellis. of us will be right, we're 50% and, there. And we'll call the whole thing off. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, but this this beer was uh, born in Belgium, brewed in Austin. It is uh, basically a pale Bach beer. And one of the things, as big of a fan as I am, by the way, of Scheiner Bach, Uh Scheiner Bach is not actually a Bach. Not really, no. it's It's not a true Bach. And so what we have here is, in fact... A uh, true one of spots
2: where I grumble and talk about how Shiner was better before they sold it.
1: And grr, 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 grr.
0: <laughs> the, old, the old
2: Austin, you know, so
0: we can all, we can all, we
2: everything
1: can was it, better before. Yeah,
0: that's 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 mm. a bigger discussion. <laughs> that's though.
1: called being a retro grump. Yes, yes, so yes, it's a
0: bigger discussion that we should spend some time on. Oh, I really what, what, want what, to do the great the joke, American uh, beer.
2: How many Austinites does it take to change a light bulb? Yeah. It takes about five, one to actually change it, and four just to talk about how much better the old light bulb was. Oh, oh
0: that's good. That's good. The old light bulb was weirder. I liked it better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I liked the light bulb I before it sold out. I, w- I went to school in Austin, so I, I, I yeah. you know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> For a long time, while I was <laughs> born and raised I'm, there. I consider myself a native. So. I actually find
2: myself doing that when I'm in
0: Austin. Um, so, uh, so this is an interesting beer, I thought, because uh, we don't, we don't taste a lot of this particular style of beer uh, on the show. We have a tendency to lean towards. What are you looking at there? Ian? Oh, I'm just reading the back of the bottle. Oh, there you go. I'll set it there for you to see. It's very
2: clean. Uh, uh-huh. I like that. It's a very, very. Ooh. It's a
0: great hot day beer. Yeah. Oh, it really is. And what I, is interesting to me is how much more caramel-ish caramel ish it is malty than what mm. I was expecting. Malty from a for Bach. sure. I got a lot of the yeah. malt. Because when, when I think of Bach, I think of that. Sort of darker beer, uh, definitely malty, but this has got a little, almost burnt caramel mm-hmm. I really
1: like the crispy uh, finish on it, too. It has such a quick, like, that finish just goes away like... Oh, yeah, and it's sharp. That, it's sharp, Green. it cuts it right off. And it, it and you're left with a
0: little bit of malt
1: sweetness and yes. that
0: burnt caramel, and that's it. It drinks more like it would be darker, if that yeah. makes any sense. Indeed, uh, it, it, it seems It's got like, a fuller mouthfeel. Right, it's got a fuller mouthfeel, but then... That finish is what kind of takes you back yeah. to it being a uh, slightly more pale. Uh, but they do describe it as a pale bock, brewed with caramel, malts, and hops. Uh, and the cellis or chelis, or uh, is it Celtic or Celtic? Celis. Like, if you're talking about Irish. Uh, uh, things that are Irish uh, like Irish I, I music. It's is it Celtic or Celtic? That's well, I believe Irish. it depends That's on if
2: you're Irish or Scottish. Right. <laughs> I believe, right. one, is, oh, I right. believe I one is Celtic and one is Celtic. We should have had we, that a conversation a th- couple weeks ago. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we should have <laughs> Paradise if, that question. If we,
0: if we have that conversation after several of these, it would probably be more uh, interesting <laughs> too. Right. Um, uh, but this is uh, definitely from Austin and you can learn uh, more about their legacy, uh, but perhaps not pronunciation. At CellarsBiers.com,
2: uh, do, looks like the founder is Pierre Salis. I mean, if it's oh, Pierre, Pierre, context clues would tell you that the French pronunciation would uh, be the
0: Salis. See,
1: this you is think why you're we smart because you can read. This is <laughs> why we have to have Jar- <laughs> Jeremiah on the show more <laughs> often. Well, to be fair, there you, is a picture. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's not just reading. And he is rather you know, Pierre I, looking <laughs> in the photo. I, <laughs> <laughs> yes. He's got his co- you know what I like about this is it's not afraid to be hoppy either. It's got. A great hop profile to it. It'll it doesn't run beer. over the rest of the beer, which you
0: weren't mm-hmm. necessarily expecting in a bott.
1: No, not yeah. at all. No, but that's a nice way to treat hops because it's there. It helps the finish nice and quick, and then and it's gone. Yeah, so it's be there a almost, good food beer. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'll, oh, I'll go back to what uh, Jeremiah said right at the beginning on this one, and that is, this is a wonderful. Summertime, oh, man. Uh, you know, sessionable, and at uh, four point nine percent, it's reasonably yeah. sessionable. And, yes. and you wouldn't necessarily—I wouldn't necessarily think of a Bach as being, Oh, that's something you know. Fill the cooler with Bach, and let's go to the pool. No. You know, but but this definitely would fill that bill. Definitely, uh, I like it. Congratulations to the Kellis Sellis, Cellis uh, Brewery <laughs> out of Austin. And someone please because a cello Correct me, yeah. Is, well, it's not spelled that different. Well, again, I don't know if the camera can see it from here, but there is. A small picture of Pierre Sellis or Cellis on this, so uh, <laughs> that should that should help uh, clear buddy, things up. My buddy Keith's going to have a heart attack because he loves this brewery. He's
1: going to co- really be texting well, me shortly. And what I've had some doing? of their
0: other beers. I've had their amber before, which is wonderful. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but I, I, when I saw this buck, I had to grab it because I was like, I've never had their well, their Bach. white ale. I think is what their most saw saw. is by
2: far and away like the,
1: the flagship and mm-hmm. also one of the absolute like pinnacle of the style. Absolutely.
0: Yes. yes absolutely. And also
2: one well, that's really awesome for a hot day.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it, it kind of calls to mind for me how many great and, I mean, really outstanding craft breweries we have in the state of Texas. And I say we – I know people listen to the show everywhere, but we are based in, in Houston, based in Texas. And not only are there what feels like more than we really deserve just in Houston – but then when you expand it to Austin and Dallas, Fort Worth, and all the little college yeah, stations, the Magnolia. All the little, oh my goodness! Yeah, now you're talking my language. Oh, you, yeah. that Yellow yeah. Rose IPA, uh, 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 for it's, Lone the, Pint is, it is quite the, possibly
2: the, the greatest it, IPA the I, earth has I, ever I will, seen.
0: I have gone on record as saying it is the best beer made today. Yeah, it's uh, and, amazing. And <laughs> until I taste something else that moves me off of that. I, I mean, I would I'll dare say you're absolutely that. correct. And though, in I mean, a bold move, we had the guy from Lone Pine on. Yes, and he didn't bring Lone Pine. Wow. He, he didn't bring yellow rose, yeah, and That's the, the, rose, yeah. the the title of that show. If you look back uh, in the uh, shows on our uh, SoundCloud <laughs> or on <laughs> iTunes, is best IPA ever, and they didn't bring it. <laughs> but, but we really enjoyed what he brought. Uh, uh, I would say that it was Texas funny. is
2: starting to get on par with Colorado. And, well, and I
0: think so. And one of the things that I was um, reading interestingly this uh, uh, this last week is. An article which was making the case that it's because of the way that beer is regulated in Texas and what the regulations are that basically is more supportive of the small craft brewery concept well, yeah, and keeps some of the big boys from being able to run the table I was going to say they make it impossible
2: for you to bring your beer in with all the TABC laws and right. labeling laws. Right. It's right. very difficult. For someone from, not from Texas, right, uh, we, we talked about that. What was it? The 30 beers? The Yingling. Yes. Well, yes. Yingling won't come to Texas, right. because it's a huge pain for them.
0: But I would love to have Yingling oh. here, but it, you know, it is what it and is. they have so.
1: such a huge distribution already that they probably feel, oh, we don't really have to go through those loops. Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: crazy. I can go to Florida and drink Yingling. Although but I, I'm not, I am not
1: unhappy that Bells went through the loops, because
0: I'm Oh, very happy those boys. So <laughs> those running. boys, yes. Uh, <laughs> but it's one of the reasons that we've got to get on the road and do the show out of state. We had such fun in California uh, because we were drinking some California beers that right, we had right. not seen, uh, you know, here being in Texas. And so it's talk about the kid in the candy store oh, mentality. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, we are going to talk rum when we come back in the next segment. Plus, I'll tell you what to do to win your own cigar shed, and then you can invite us over to uh, smoking it with you. You're listening to Smoking and my house, you know. We'll be back <laughs> with the Rum Show or what to do with a drunken sailor. It's Smoking and Toasting, number eighty-five, live at B and B. Welcome back. It's smoking and Toastin'. It's show number 85, which reminds me, Ian, we have to plan something special for show number 100, because it's not that far away, if you think about it.
1: You know, we've already done some pretty <laughs> special things. Well, yes. So we got to plan something really special for yeah, show number something 85.
0: something amazingly special for absolutely. show 85. Absolutely. Yeah, you are so absolutely right about that, because the uh, the reality is that show number 85, I mean, what this will be here by... What before the end of the year, we'll be we'll be doing show number one hundred. Absolutely. So, so maybe, I, I know maybe we invite every guest we've ever had to all come back do a telethon and, and do yeah exactly do some sort of a ongoing uh, telethon type type thing that that'll be, be that'll be fantastic. Um, we are live at B&B uh, Butchers and Restaurant. We're at uh, 1814 Washington Ave in Houston. And they're also now located, as we mentioned in the last segment, in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. 5212 and, Marathon Avenue. Yeah. And, oh, thank you. See, I didn't know the actual address. I would just say, say shops I wasn't sure I did either. It just sort of popped out. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. So Jeremiah curates the bar at, uh, at both of the locations. And, um, by the way, and I've said this before. But in addition to the amazing steaks and the God only knows how they came up with it, bacon. B and B has one of the most wonderfully curated bars that uh, thank you that you'll find in town, especially at a place that's known for its meats and vegetables and 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 then you go to the bar and go, wow, I got some choices here. And a part of that is not. Uh, I mean, I've been to places that have more choices, absolutely. But I don't know if I've been to places. That are better curated for the well, amount. And of that's the thing that when you
2: have a place where you're, the space is, you know, I, I don't have the hugest back bar on earth, right? And so it, it becomes like you know triage, right? So sometimes you know you have to. It's like the like like it's like Buddhism, you know. Sometimes when you meet your favorite Buddha, you have to kill your favorite Buddha to have your favorite Buddha come back.
0: I thought that was just a video game. Is that actual I, Buddhism? I don't know, man. Uh, but
2: it works for me when yeah. I drink.
0: So okay. Well,
1: you know, one of the nice things you do with the bar back there too is you don't just go, okay, well. I only have so much space, so I'm only putting really high-end stuff up here. You know, yeah. you have that, but you also have across the, uh, across the, across price, the price spectrum. Across the price spectrum,
2: yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, that's something that you, I, I think you have to have when, when you try and market any, any product. You know, obviously the stakes here are the stakes. You know, the cows are the cows. They're expensive. We age them. So w- w- when you want to try and offer value in other areas, you know, it's really important, especially because you know, if you want someone to try a category, like for example, like maybe somebody's been a bourbon drinker their whole life, and I really want to get them to try blended malt scotch or malted scotch. I- I'm not going to win that fight it, like, by immediately handing them a $74 right. glass when right. they can drink their Makers for 14 or whatever exactly. the case may be. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I so mean, you, you could try make, that with me. Well, sure. But... but. You know, <laughs> But, but so, you know, and, and that's something that I've worked on in every category is having a spectrum where you can have, you know, approachability across the board. And then obviously we have some stuff that, you know, I mean, you probably, like for me personally, I'd have to save money to buy a glass of it. But right. <laughs> I understand. But it and, also
1: illustrates the point that it doesn't have to be very pricey to be no, very good. Well, and,
2: and I would say that our, our Psalm would say the same thing with our wine list. You know, very rarely is the most expensive item on the, on the list the best. Um, And it's actually kind of cool that you mentioned that because the two rums that we're going to try are at complete opposite ends of the price spectrum. That's right. And are a great example of quality does not have to mean age and price. Yeah.
0: So, you know, craftsmanship is its own thing. And before we jump into that, let me ask you, obviously, your perspective is going to be B&B oriented. Sure. But how does rum as a category sell versus whiskey as a category versus tequila as a category? Well, right
2: now, like, so, I mean, obviously vodka is number one in the spirits category. Mm-hmm. Like Vodka sells more across the world than any right. other spirit on Earth. Um, then it, you have kind of a resurgence right now of of the agave spirits. There's been kind of a resurgence mm-hmm. of like fine tequila, tequilas and, 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 and especially yeah. the mezcals mm-hmm. and some of the sotols and things like that. But I feel like what, what's kind of happening with rum and, and you know, I've talked to lots of people, and I, I think we've even talked a little bit on some of the shows that I've been on about the, the kind of shortage or the, the heavy allocation that's happening to American whiskey. Bourbon is becoming this thing that's so priced and so allocated, and they don't make as much as they should because they, don't, they want to keep that. You know, if you can right. start raising your price and creating a demand. Well, what I've been telling lots and lots of people, though, is if you're a bourbon drinker, and especially a cigar smoker, You're going to find a lot more value in rum right now because you're going to get a lot of the same qualities. You're going to get a lot of the same... And the price point's going to be And the price point's going to be much more approachable. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing about rums is with rum, even, you know, there is is a huge spectrum. And with rum, you can find some amazing, even lower age statement rums that are very approachable price-wise and that you can actually find. I mean, that's one of the problems right now is... Okay, so I developed a favorite a palette for bourbon and Blantons became my favorite bourbon. Well now I right. can't get Blantons.
0: Now you can't find it anywhere. Yeah. You
2: know, okay, cool. Well I like the Buffalo Trace collection and then I can't get Pappy, so I'm gonna drink Weller. Well now I can't get Weller.
0: Right, uh, right. And
2: it's just you're chasing this dragon and it's a good marketing thing for bourbon and it's not bad for bourbon because I think it's really driving a lot of new whiskey companies to to you take it take it by the make horn. Better, horn. Better, yeah. Yeah, and so make I think it's whiskeys. it's a good thing. But with rum as a category, I feel like rum is somewhat geographical and seasonal. Mm -hmm. Because obviously, I mean, you know, you've you've spent a fair amount of time in Florida. Like, You know, you go to Tampa. I mean, most bars you go to have a huge rum selection. Right.
0: Well, you've got the... You know the Cuban influence Absolutely. and the uh, the uh, uh, how big cigars are in that Absolutely. particular area, and so oh it, and that high IPA, uh, oh, how good is be, that? We had that on sorry, the show. I just, uh, I did not mean it, to jump oh, in with that, no. but I just thought about Cigar that. Cigar City oh. high IPA, amazing. We've had it on the yes. show. But recommended high. But
2: but to like kind of reel the question back in and finish. I think rum from a from a category as far as sales is is it does well because mm-hmm. rum does well internationally. Rum doesn't lean on us. Right, uh, but I think like you know one of the great things you can do with rum right now is is you can you can take that bourbon world and go into rum. It's good for cocktails. It's good neat. It's good. You know, a lot of people will say, "Well, I never would have thought of like smoking a cigar with like a, a rum." It's like, oh yeah. Well, where where do you think they make rum?
0: The yeah. Caribbean. Uh, where <laughs> yeah. do you think where the best you cigars you- <laughs> come from? <laughs> right. you know, right. It's like the wine. If it now, grows the, together, it goes together. Yeah, that's a regional thing. Yeah. Have you noticed an increase in people doing? Uh, Rum for sipping rather than just for mixed drinks, or is it relative?
2: You'll you get it somewhat here because of the cigar connection, mm-hmm. but I also, what I've really noticed is actually people replacing rum in some of their cocktails, like rum old fashions,
0: right. uh, things like that. Do, you know. doing, doing those cocktails with rum rather than Absolutely. doing them. Absolutely.
2: And, then, and then, I mean, I'm just going to go ahead and go on like record as saying a, a, a really well made handshake and daiquiri never goes out of style.
0: Ah, so, I love I mean, it. If you're going to do a rum it.
2: cocktail, I mean the the, the 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 snackery is delicious. Yeah.
0: Remind me by the way this summer I've got to have um, my wife come on and make us those frozen drinks that we discovered when we yeah, were down in the those island. Something the else. bushwhacker. Oh, that's that dangerous! Oh my God, that so was my nickname in high school. They're actually, so <laughs> 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 I didn't realize it was that long ago. I <laughs> thought we. Yeah, but uh, all right. So, so let's talk rum uh, just a little bit here. You brought a couple of different rums out for us, and the first one is. Maybe a, a more common or well-known or easier to find. Absolutely. Uh, although both of these are, are available, and both of these are available here, right? At yeah, both yeah.
2: available here and both available at Specs if you, or any of the Tony K's, mm-hmm. any liquor
0: store. These are not going to be hard to find. So tell tell me about this first one, because the first one is uh, a very well-known name in yes. rum. It's Zacapa.
2: Yeah, so Zacapa is named, uh, so it's a little village. It's actually Guatemalan rum. Right. Um, so a lot of people, you know, tend to think more of the islands Um, But this one's actually, you know, a little landlocked. But what I like about this, so what Zacapa is known for is um, their rum is Sistema Solera. So they take their rum and they have... Solera
0: means sun.
2: uh, Yes, but Solera in this case actually refers to a style and system of blending ages. Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of people associate Solera system blending with uh, port Right. Um, and cherry things, you know, like, like Spanish and, and Portuguese spirits, mm-hmm. fortified wines. So they kind of took that same idea. So, like, this is the capa Centenario 23. So the reason they put Centenario in the name is so people that would, not, would buy it would not mistake it for a 23-year-old rum. Because with this rum being Solera, it's actually a blend of rums that age between 6 years and 23 years.
0: Right. So they get to put 23 on it because there is 23-year-old rum in in this blend. Absolutely. But it is not all 23 years old. This did not
2: come out of a barrel that sat in for 23 years. And so it
0: doesn't retail for what a 23-year-old rum would retail for as well. This is a
2: very approachable bottle. And this is a great sipper. It's a great cocktail rum. Uh, It's it's one of those it was one of the first rums that when i first started looking at rum as a category as i got into spirits as a as a job that I realized, like, okay, you know, like rum is much more than Bacardi and Captain Morgan, mm-hmm. and there's so much more to this category. And now <laughs> I've, you know, gone down the rabbit hole and discovered there's there really is, you know, there's a craftsmanship to some of these rums, and you know, th- there's rums that are sourced from three different islands and then blended together and aged in a in a Rick House like whiskey. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's absolutely fantastic
0: to see. Well, I will tell you, for a very approachable price point, rum. This is as smooth and as gentle on the palate as some things that I've had that are very much more little expensive heat to it at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very little heat, and super smooth. Easy. You immediately get the vanilla and the sure. maple and the sugar, uh, but it's not—it's not overly sweet. It's sweet in that sort of like dark spirit way. Absolutely, and that's know. and that's the
2: right. twenty-three. Right, coming through, or maybe and even it eighteen, has,
1: and it has a very wood and maple finish to Absolutely. it. Absolutely, like the the finish on that is a joy just to sit after you've taken a sip. Yes, enjoy it. and
2: and the guys that blend this are are just absolute artists because the challenge is, how do you take these rums of these barrels between six and twenty three years? And get consistency. Right. How do you so get this every time He's got blend it to it. Yeah. It like that yeah. every time. And I, I mean, that's right. just absolutely a phenomenal skill set that I don't possess.
0: One of the things that I think is really remarkable about this is the way it finishes makes it as perfect for pairing with a cigar as you could possibly ask for in any kind of a beverage. I mean, you, uh, when you're uh, pairing cigars with whiskey, for example... Some pair better than others is generally because of what's on the finish right. and how that interacts with then the puff of the cigar that yeah, you then take. Yeah, does
1: the lingering finish right. blend? Or does does it, it work with right. the cigar?
2: Well, and that's uh, that's always the conundrum when you're when you're smoking with a spirit is you kind of have to approach it like food. It's like uh-huh. you can either go contrast, so like heavy heavy smoke with light whiskey, so you don't lose the mm-hmm. you know, but or you can go like and like, like so with something like this, you know, like that that buttercream of like an avo. Right, yeah, like, right. an, like, like an like an Alvo classic, and I was like about the to say, actually, quality. like
1: yeah, or like a like a um, Hemingway series, or a, something along those lines. That's nice and light, Very has some classic. delicate. Because this would, those, I feel like those two things would wrap around each other and not, you know, fight each other. Yeah,
2: like well, if you drop like, like each an other Opus sex, like you know, Lost City or something on this or that 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 new Liga Privada that I showed right, you, right, it's gonna stomp all over, right,
0: right, right. but I could also see it pulling. The complexity out of some well, of those kinds. Well, of what stuff. I would say with
2: this though, when you get to the big smokes, this is like the fire extinguisher.
0: Right. You know,
2: when you're smoking that it's big, light drone it'll uh-huh. you know, kind of like, especially you talked about that pepper that's on your tongue as you get mm-hmm.
1: through it. It's your fire mm-hmm. extinguisher. Speaking of which, I had one of the uh, uh, Man of War ruinations the other night too. Ooh. That was that's a big cigar. Yeah, no kidding like that's big flare, real big. Yeah. Yeah. That's real big. I just was in the mood. Once in a while, I want something like that.
0: Yeah. Uh, Oh, Uh, there's the sound. Yes. Uh, We are now going to move into the uh, IPA. I'm going to have uh, Adam do the pours on this. But we are now uh, moving into the IPA portion of the show. One of my personal favorites. Uh, But this IPA, I have to tell you, I bought it just because of the name and the illustration on the can. This is. Kung Fu Robot IPA. There is from something Fourth to marketing. Yeah. Oh my I, I God. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Kung I just, Fu Robot. You know, I, I hope that it's good because I would hate to think that I bought a uh, uh, a bad IPA just because it was called Kung Fu Robot. But I probably would still have bought it at least once. Yeah. You yeah. know. So yeah, you're right. It does go to show you that marketing is a thing it really it really works and it really matters you put together the right set of syllables sometimes it just turns into something you have to yes buy. you're right about this now <laughs> i'm going to show this to the camera because not only do i love the uh, name but i also really really love the artwork it's wonderful it's just that is just as good as it gets to me and we were talking uh, during the break about uh, uh yoshimi versus the big absolutely robots absolutely yes uh, yes uh, the uh, flaming lips uh this kind of reminds me of that sort of killer robot. Absolutely, uh, vibe. Hooray, hooray. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was good, by the way. <laughs> so uh, it'll be interesting to see how this how this uh, holds up to a little taste test here. I I'm going to
1: reserve my comments until after I see what you say. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see if you see the same things that I have.
0: Also interesting coming in after the uh, after the rum too, because I wonder how that has. Impacted what I'm getting on uh, on the tongue and on the senses here. I'll uh, tell you, uh, you will have to take a few sips to uh, clear the palate a yes. little bit. Yes. So I will say, first sip I, I took, I was pretty like pretty aware of the citrus uh, characteristics. Second, third sip, I start to feel the hops, hops for hops sake sort of thing. It is a pretty hoppy IPA, particularly to not be a double or or an imperial. Um, Jeremiah, your thoughts? I I, I
2: definitely will follow what you say. With that that, that second and third sip, you start to get more out of it. Um, It's lighter on my tongue than I expected Mm -hmm. by the smell of it. Um, But... What I do like, and again, this is one of those things that I tend to think of things in like restaurant terminology. Like, the acid on this is phenomenal. Um, yeah. That kind of sharpness, that kind of sharp bitter, um,
0: <clears throat> which affects the finish.
2: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, and this, and this for me again, this the second beer of the day that I would. This would be a great food beer.
0: Yeah. Like
2: this was like right. Um,
0: Matching up with something right really,
2: plate, really, yeah. really fatty. Something like rich, like like the steak tartare, the tuna tartare. Um, but yeah, that's, it's interesting, something
0: like that. You know,
2: I mean, I'll put anything with bacon.
0: (laughs) So uh,
1: upon first, especially having it after the rum, I didn't think there was much going on Mm -hmm. except for hops. Like it was just meh. And I thought, well, wait a second. Let me clear the pile a little bit. So I took another sip and then I tasted the front of it, which was sweet little malty stuff going on, which I thought was pretty nice. Yeah, there is some sweetness on it, yeah. Right at the very right at the very beginning of it, it has just a little bit of sweet, and it doesn't finish that way at all. Um, and then, after the third sip, and this is when I said I want to hold my uh, opinion to see what you think, after the third sip, I got a little bit of complexity in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. I think this one is balanced towards the back and towards the finish. What's interesting about it, though, and what's clever about it is it hits you so sharp with the hops on the first sip, that by the four sip, you're kind of. It's kind of like you've already had some spicy food by the fourth sip, and you can taste the rest of it, mm-hmm. but you still have that super crispy hop finish on it. So it's it's kind of an interesting. I don't know that I would go seek it out, but the more I sip this, the more I the want to sip. The better you like it, this. yeah. The, yeah. Then
0: the more you, of it you want. And I yeah. like it's, the
1: spicy food taste. I think it's a matter of shocking the palate with those hops right off the bat. Because when you put it up to your nose, I mean, it smells like. Just like just a
0: glass of hops, absolutely. <laughs> you, know? like right. you don't
1: smell, you barely smell right. any you, you malt don't, or anything. You don't get a lot of complexity no. on
0: the nose, uh, but it definitely is there on the finish, which absolutely. is an interesting. Interesting. Well, I, I like it as as the guy who likes IPAs. It doesn't it doesn't over hop me, which I was a little worried about with that first, you know. Hop experience like you were saying But it isn't, it isn't overly hop And by the way, I, and I'm, I'm going to have to do some research on this And we'll talk about it on a future show But 4th Tap out of Austin It says here on the uh, can 4th Tap Brewing Co-op Right. So I'm really interested to see what it is they do That makes it a brewing co-op As opposed to just 4th Tap Brewing, brewing yeah. Coming up So, all right, Austin things. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) I liked you better when you were a co op. That's right, Um, that's right. So, we will uh, take a break. We'll be back. We have more rum to taste. We have uh, also a left hand brewing uh, porter called Death Before Disco that we will taste coming up. You're listening to Smoking a Dose. Welcome back! It's Smoking and Toasting, uh, show number eighty-five. We are uh, live at uh, B&B Butchers and Restaurant, and it's the Rum Show, and I love the Rum Show. But the Rum Show, or what to do with a drunken sailor? The Ron Zacapa was really, really good. I have forgotten; it's been a long time since I had that, and I've forgotten how amazing it is. And I just want to stress again: it that's a wonderful gateway rum Absolutely. if you're looking for your uh, like to do to learn more about sipping rums. Because it's not that expensive yeah. and it's totally, uh, it makes you feel like you've entered into that upper echelon Absolutely. of it's a of very, very well
2: crafted rum.
0: Yes, really, really well done. Okay, you could win your own cigar shed. And I'm going to tell you how. Please tell me how. Yes. Now, I've never really wanted to visit Hurricane West Virginia, but I may have a reason to now. And that is an actual town, Hurricane West Virginia. Cornelius and Anthony and Espinosa Cigars have teamed up. With Almost Havana, a uh, cigar shop in Hurricane West Virginia, to raffle off an amazing smoking shed. All you have to do for the raffle is buy at least one box of Cornelius & Anthony or Espinosa cigars at Almost Havana. And you get one raffle ticket for each box that you buy. The uh, trio of companies launched this on March the 10th. And it runs through the end of the year, winner drawn on New Year's Eve, December 31st. The more boxes you buy, the more chances you get. And you can contact them. I don't think you can buy online, but you can contact them via email. It's cigars at almosthavana.com. Or you can phone them, and I'll give you the number here, 681-235-3058. What was that number again now, Chris? That number would be 681-235-3058. Now back to you, Johnny. Uh, here's (laughs) uh, Here's the specs on the shed. It's 10 by 12. Treated wood shed has a metal roof, double barn doors, window, insulated beadboard uh, walls and floors, and a full electrical pack package. It does not include the slab if needed, and it does not include an electrical hookup to the main. You would have to provide that yourself. But it comes with three club chairs with ottomans, two wood side tables, a TV console table, a rug, and faux fur blankets, a 50-inch smart TV, a 3.2 cubic foot refrigerator. An electric fireplace, stove, a portable air conditioner, ashtrays, and framed artwork. The only thing missing is a cabinet humidor, but you know that might not be a good idea if you turn the AC I would the, say the only uh, thing missing uh, AC is off. actually my yard. Okay, so uh, if you win this, well, and, and electricity, don't forget. If you win now. this, we want to be invited over to hang and smoke at your place. <laughs> uh, and uh, who knows? I might be. I might be. Remember, you out. heard it here. Might be calling them up and ordering the cigar shed. And by the way, if you uh, could
2: get off the couch and go to hur- Hurricane, Hurricane Hurricane West Virginia, West Virginia yeah, Hurricane yeah. West Virginia. I'm we quite sure show. that along with almost Havana, there are a yeah, number yeah. of draws to I Hurricane West Virginia. I can only imagine
0: that the majesty of that there would, town. There would almost have to be, wouldn't there? I, could, I could, couldn't you, be wrong. You can own the majesty of Hurricane <laughs> West Virginia. Well, you got to admit. It was a fairly poor choice of a name.
2: Well, I was going to say, never, <laughs> never underestimate the drawing power of naming your, your town Hurricane.
0: I love that sound. Yes. We all love this sound. And I'm going to hand this to uh, Adam to do some pours here because we are about to taste uh, the porter. Uh, this is the Death Before <laughs> Disco Porter from Left Hand. Now, Left Hand has one of my favorite stouts. In the world, the left-hand the, the milk oh, yeah, stout. The, the nitro milk oh, stout. Unbelievable. God, that is so good. Unbelievable beer. It's so good. And, uh, and it's not one of those things where you have to buy a bomber and it's $37. I mean, they just have it right in the 60s. That's pretty good, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we are going to be tasting a little porter here. That looks pretty much like oil. Batter. Yeah,
1: well, most good porter has. Oh, I'm sorry. We're in Texas. It looks like Earl. Earl. You might say, who's Earl? Uh, (laughs) Petrol.
0: (laughs) (laughs) My name is Earl. Uh, This has a, uh, you know, it has that Petrol look to it, and I think that's important for a good porter. And I'm really, really curious about the name, and there's not really a whole lot of information on the can. It says uh, roasted malts create a full-bodied classic with chocolate malt and dark berry notes. (laughs) Uh, It is 6.0%, but there is nothing here that tells me why it was named Death Before Disco brewed on the banks of the mighty St. Vrain established 1993 but that's all it says I'm just going to take my own
2: uh, approach to that and it's because I would probably rather listen to uh, Death Metal Before Disco yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, well, gauging so by the go. font Death Metal that could disco.
0: be right because because the font for the word death does look like a death metal yeah, type like, of font. You know. And then, of course, disco is in a very disco-looking font. Disco-esque, so. yes. I'll show that to the camera. Am I showing it's it properly? There girl. you go. All right. Uh, so, uh, on the nose, is it is it what you expect from a porter? On the nose, it actually smells a little bit oily, like, mm-hmm. it, uh, like it might be uh, a, a motor oil-based product. But... Uh, I'm betting that goes away when you take that first sip. It's definitely malty. Well, it is. Almost, when you say malty, like, usually when you talk about malt in relation to beer, I think of this particular taste that I associate with that. I do not think of malt as in a milkshake-type malt. No, definitely not. But w- when I taste this, I do kind of think of the milkshake yes. malt.
1: That's because it has almost the same mouthfeel as the milkshake.
0: Mm-hmm. If it was slightly
1: colder. Right. I actually really enjoy this. This is good. It sticks to the glass like nothing else we've had
0: Yeah, boy, you're right about that. Um, <laughs> what are your thoughts, Juma?
2: I take this beer. This is a... Uh, and unlike the first two, I would say this is probably a beer that I would not sit down with like a, a wide array of foods. I mean, it'd be good for some. Right. No, this is
1: after food. Yeah,
2: absolutely. This is sit down after food. Sit on the porch. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, and, and you would need a bold cigar to keep up with this. But the nice thing is, because of the sweetness, the the front profile of this. Yes. You could have a very spicy cigar. You yeah, really could go absolutely. Really well, well it's kind this.
2: of like with the
0: rum. This, this would be your fire extinguisher. Yes, but right. Right. but it really it really has enough depth to the. To the flavors, like there's enough complexity here that I feel like it would marry pretty well with a this has with a really strong cigar, a lot of
1: espresso and mocha notes going on. In yeah, it that no question. And
0: I like that you specifically
2: went espresso because it's not just coffee. No, it's like not Porters, coffee. Porter's it's have espresso, coffee obviously because right. they're porter, but this is like that kind of bitter crema, and like then, that top of that shot of right, espresso.
1: Exactly, and it's got that bitterness to it a little bit. And then, uh, and then it's not chocolatey; it's mocha. It's yes. definitely got that dark yeah, kind of bitterness. Right, cooked, uh, 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 burnt, yeah. well, caramel and, kind and of. And I like what there. he
2: touched about with the mouthfeel. Like this one, when when you when you take that sip and you kind of swirl it, like I mean, it gets big on your tongue. Mm-hmm. Like, it really does, very big on your palate. And, and I'm a big fan of that quality. You right? know, and
1: it's funny because this is a little more, um, more carbonated than what you expect in a mm-hmm. porter as well. But the bubbles
0: actually work really well with it. You know, we've had a couple of porters lately on the show. That have been more carbonated right. than we expected, and I'm wondering if this is and maybe like a new trend. maybe a trend in, in porters to not have them be quite as uh, well, you know. I wouldn't quite be
2: surprised if that was a trend just from the standpoint of to like really separate from the stout more. Right. Right. so
1: many people everyone puts porters and stouts in, in the, the same, same category. category, and I love porters. Stouts are okay. Yeah. Right. So as weird as that may sound, no, but, but that's I, interesting. But that's the thing. I, a lot I of people lump them together.
0: I I don't know that I would have realized you were. At a different place with those two styles. No, see, my wife loves stouts, right? And she thinks porters are okay. She's kind of opposite on that. Yeah, opposites attract, as they say. There you go. Yeah. Uh, By the way, I Paula Abdul. Just (laughs) (laughs) wow, a Paula Abdul reference on the show. Yes. Oh, I did that. By the way, you made me. And just so you know, sorry, not sorry. And I don't know if you could tell this on the. No, that's Demi Lovato. But okay. Yes, I went there. Um, and I apologize to all people on the show. Uh, no, I was just going to say, having met uh, Paul Abdul, having actually interviewed her back in her music days before she was just on American Idol, I would like to point out that she is about that tall. I mean, oh. she is tiny. Tiny. She's very pretty. Very, very sweet. Very, you know, ready to throw she was down. human height. Ready to throw down and party, uh, right. as I recall. Yeah, that's so. good.
2: That's good. That's good to know that celebrities, you know, that they're. That but that they're was okay back in the that. day, so. That's
0: you know, true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I saw her on American Idol, she seemed completely sober. <laughs> um, so, uh, Casa Fernandez. I uh, remember we had um, uh, Carl Palmer from Casa yeah, Fernandez on the great. show. He was awesome. A very serious cigar guy. I, I yes. remember at a certain point, we were kind of like trying to get him to laugh, and we really did not have much success. with. with we did get him smile. 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 Yes, he no, did no, smile. No, no LOL. But man knows his tobacco. Oh, he like, was fantastic. He is so... Well... well um, Casa Fernandez, his cigar company, is changing its name. He
1: alluded to this when we talked. Yep. to Yep, uh,
0: well. they are officially doing it. Uh, it's now going to be called Aganorosa. Uh, let me let me pronounce this: Aganorosa Leaf. A G A N O R S A Aganorosa Leaf. Um, he uh, they do uh, the Casa Fernandez brands. They do JFR. They do Lunatic. Guardian of the Faith. Uh, or, or sorry, Guardian of, Guardian of the Farm, of the farm. Of the farm right, right. with the little dog on the label. That's which a great was, cigar. Uh, it was the number eight cigar of 2017, yeah. according to uh, Cigar Aficionado. Agonorsa uh, Leaf. They, yeah, yeah. Agonorsa Leaf. Ag-Norsa Leaf. Uh, they Leaf. Most of the brands they make are made with Aganorsa tobacco, and that's why they say they're changing the name. I have another theory, which is... That it's A.J. Fernandez kind of has. Yeah, he, and, and he is so ubiquitous right now. I mean, he's just everywhere and everything. have there, there. I'm not sure that they are tired of having to answer that question. No, we're not affiliated with A.J. Because then what do you say? Uh, we're not affiliated with him, but he's great and we appreciate You know what I mean? You want to talk about your products, yeah, not, absolutely. not A.J.'s. And so I, I have a feeling that has a lot to do with one of
1: I think in this case the name change is a good a good move. I think that that's going to happen. Yes. I would say I they think could so. have made it a little simple. Sim- yeah. sim- simpler syllabically. Uh, like uh, it could just be damn good
0: to the company. Aganorsa. Right. Aganorsa.
2: I oh, do see when you say it that see? way. Agonorsa. Yeah, it, actually, it, it, it has a little more. Yeah. I'm take my cigars yeah. to Barcelona.
0: <laughs> 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 okay, we're going to be back for our final <laughs> segment here. And in our final segment, Tell us a little bit about this rum that so, we're going to be um, So this in a is final the second.
2: Eldorado 25 here. So this is actually kind of the flip side. So the Eldorado uh, follows more of the rules of scotch blending and aging yes. whereas the Solera rums, the Copa and those styles follow more of the sherry. Mm-hmm. So with the 23, 23 was the oldest Right. Rum in the blend. In the Eldorado 25, it is also a blend, but the 25 years is the youngest. Wow. Rum in the blend.
1: Layman translation We can afford this. <laughs> we probably can't afford this. <laughs> yes. And hey, but you're still going to get to drink this. And, so.
0: and we will be back to. <laughs> that's taste why we it. started this show. <laughs> 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 and we'll be right back. It's smoking and Toastin'
2: on the beach in Hawaii I've gotten hammer drunk with Bruce Juice like which is Bruce Russell he's the, right. the the young Bruce Juice oh man he's incredible and they're doing great things like like Man, the idea of Wild Turkey is just, the, you know, the base model 101 as your granddad's whiskey is right. so gone. I mean, they are making these incredible heritage bourbons and antique, you know, like... We had some... Uh, Chris bourbons. Hart
0: actually brought some Wild Turkey yeah, yeah, on his yeah. show. Remember the how great it co- was? stuff that they're oh, doing. Man. I mean,
2: they're they doing some cool stuff out at Wild Turkey, I assure you. It's just, for me, it, I can't help but it feels like... It's just a
0: gimmick. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Chris Hart uh, texts in, by the way, or uh, comments on the live show. He said, Haha, I didn't say I was not a fan of Long Branch, just that in general, celebrity spirits are awful. Uh, so.
2: they, they, they tend to, they kind mm-hmm. of have a history, so.
0: Yeah, well, that's, that's very interesting. And I'm, I'm trying to think right now of a celebrity beverage product that I love. And why? Um, you
2: don't drink raspberry siroc from Puff Daddy all oh, the time?
0: Okay, okay, you got me. You got <laughs> me. Uh, uh, no, but honestly, does, I, can't, I does, can't think of one that does, that's highly. Ti- uh, we talked a little bit earlier before the show about the Toadies. We have tried their beer, it was sure. pretty good. Oh, that's, uh, yeah, Boxlider? Uh, yeah, that Boxlider beer is wonderful. But uh, uh, but I'm, I'm just trying to think. Uh, <laughs> that's what it's called. It, yeah, to, uh, <laughs> that's sausage. Lider. But I it's just, red? when you were talking to me, about it, I was no, like, box Yeah. Quick story I was in. Um, <clears throat> Asbury Park, New Jersey. Staying oh, yeah. with a friend for um, uh, for a Fourth of July weekend. So we were going to go to the beach, and I was going to like take in some of the historic Asbury sites. Yeah. On the way to this place, I drove past the Stone Pony, where Bruce Springsteen oh, used to, yeah. you know, like pl- play all the time, where he kind of, you know, made himself famous. And it says on the marquee tonight, toadies. I'm like, well, hell yeah, we're going to the toady show. So that I go to the Toadies show. And you know they had a nice crowd. They were playing there. This is like oh I don't know maybe ten years ago. Uh, they were playing there. But when I yelled "Backslider" from the crowd, they were like, "Whoa!" Like <laughs>
2: we have a fan. <laughs> we have a fan in Asbury
0: Park, New Jersey that knows our uh, that knows our song. So anyway, uh, that was that was a fun moment. And seeing seeing that legendary venue was awesome. Seeing the Toadies play there oh, was yeah. even more awesome. So absolutely. Uh, so back to uh, the celebrity uh, drink thing, though. I, I just can't think of a lot of instances where i go yes and that's really good doesn't mean there aren't any. so the question is are they just
1: using is he just using his name and letting someone else do it or does he actually have his hand in the whiskey jar Well, they're saying his signature with that
2: that makes me think that he would actually be involved in the blending bottling process
0: I'm but but I, I
2: do I do feel like there's a difference between. I, like him, I do.
0: Between a this celebrity, this might come back and bite us when we have him on the show. At some I, point. I, I do, Matthew. If you're out there, we love you and we want you <laughs> on the show. And honestly, I'm, we're going to get some of this whiskey and taste it because well, I'm I'm actually very and curious. And I
2: think there's a difference though between being the face of a product and being involved in the making of said product.
0: Yes, um, I think you're right.
2: You know, there's several celebrities. Like I mean, we did the event. Um, Bourdain, Anthony
0: Anthony Bourdain, Bourdain yeah. with raw craft with the,
2: with the web show that they right. do. So, like, but but Bourdain doesn't go and say, "I'm going to go make Balvenie." Like, he's just like he's all about the craft. So mm-hmm. he shows off the handcrafted aspects that Balvenie likes to. He's associate a spokesman. With. The, the watches, oh, all exactly. right.
0: Anthony Bourdain. We you know? actually have stolen a line from him, which we repeat very often on the show uh, when at the end of the show we often say that we've run out of time for sampling the Mumford & Sons IPA yeah. that's an Anthony Bourdain line uh, that I read he, he's not a big fan of craft beer although he is a big fan of whiskey yeah, uh, he, he a drinks the Cronenberg 1774 yeah, right, exactly uh, but, but he will say I just have no Interest in going to the latest super ultra trendy, you know, uh, hipster bar to try some Mumford and Sons IPA or yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, a double hop. Yeah, so that was where that was where that came from. Yeah,
2: most of my well, Anthony Bourdain quotes. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say.
0: Yes, well, I actually edited that one uh, <laughs> because it was slightly different the way he said it. So, all right, let's. I'm so excited because I. Have actually never tasted this rum before. Yes, so I'm let's, let's dive right Very excited. In. So tell, years. So tell us again. It's the El Dorado. So this is El
2: Dorado Twenty Five. So El Dorado is actually. Um, I hope I'm gonna say this right. It's, it's Guyanese rum from Guyana. From Guyana. So South American, but yeah. on the coast. So this is not an island again, which is again uh, a really cool thing to me. Uh, but this one. So one of the things we talked about before the break is so these guys follow a lot more of a whiskey style. So they age their rum in oak. Um, one thing that Eldorado tends to claim, and I mean, your guess is as good as mine as to how much their truth is or what. Uh, I've had pretty much the whole line. And I can tell you they're all amazing. But because of the humidity and heat that's there, and they age their rum in very, very similar to whiskey style in that it's a non-climate controlled rickhouse. Right. So that wood and stuff is affected much more drastically. Right. And so they, like, they they talk about that like the Eldorado 8 has characteristics of someone else's 16. They, they, okay. they kind of say you almost get like a 2 for 1 just because of the, 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 the climate and temperature.
1: Right. I want to pause here for a for, uh, clarification moment for those who don't know these words. The Rick House is where they store all the barrels of right. yes. the distillate or... Um, or whatever. uh, Yes. Aging.
2: And then in some houses they move them.
1: And then, right. And then uh, some are climate controlled. That's if you need a very controlled temperature and you want this to be an exact process. Some are not. Meaning uh, it's going to flux with the temperature of outside. And that means the wood is going to swell. It's going to shrink. It's going to react to the temperature. And that, kind of like a very slow motion bellows, will actually move the... uh, you know, move the flavors from the oats into the you know back and sure. forth right. to the. It's how it gets imparted. A little well, and, right and even to the yeah.
0: extent,
2: and this was something I recently learned when I was at actually Balvenie in their warehouse, is the way they stack barrels is actually important because they want certain barrels to have the pressure pushing down on them and they want certain barrels not to have it. Interesting. So how they move. So there's like warehouse masters who their job is not to manage the distillate itself. Is to but know to manage what's the pressure it and the and, 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 weight and, and the gravity is, like, and what well. they know exactly what part of the warehouse gets the most heat and the most sun, what part gets the most humidity and the least heat, and and they move barrels from place to place, and some don't move at all. Like at the Balvini, I asked them, and they were like, "No, we stack and we leave it because we we do things that the way that we want them to end up." Right. Um, so it's a very interesting process wow. that
0: everybody's house and, and warehouse is, is treated differently. Wow, that's very interesting, and and I think you know. When you take that same sort of whiskey approach to uh, to, to the rum, it's got to have some interesting and different uh, uh, results. And I'm just watching your face because you took the first drink of that. All I've done is do the uh, the deep nose inhale and the well, rest of So
1: after research, after doing yes. research on this, uh, recent research on this, I want to point out this was fantastic. This is really good. This has levels of complexity and smoothness that I have actually, at this point in time in my life, never had before in a rum. Wow. Like, that is something special Isn't it crazy? right there. Holy there's smokes. There's almost, like, there's there's such a wonderful, warm heat, but it doesn't happen at first. Swallow. Oh, it's very subtle. And it comes right yeah. back up and then just washes over you. It's like, you know, uh, <laughs> it's, it's not like, you know, when the, when the rescue dog... <laughs> You know, pours the, <laughs> the, the cask out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it gets cask out and pours it and makes a drink and everything. And all of a sudden, you're, it's not like Roger Rabbit taking his sip of the thing or anything like that. This is such a wonderful, wonderful heat that just rises it's up me. super slow and then just travels right backwards along the whole path. Almost across it's the amazing. top of your palate yeah. when it comes back. Well, it's wow. such a long finish. It is an incredibly long finish. And the finishes oak, I've ever experienced. The yeah. oak complexity in it um, and the sweetness that it leaves you with just, just my mouth is still watering just Absolutely. thinking about it, you know?
0: No,
2: this is uh, it's of an of amazing thing. thing. And, and again, now this is obviously a rum that I would not recommend um, that you replace your whiskey in an old fashioned with. Right. I mean, you could. I, I by all means stand. Do not if stand on tradition. Yeah, exactly. But this is definitely not an inexpensive
1: room. Well, we've talked about this before. Better ingredients make better drinks. I'm stealing that. We're going to get sued one day, or they need to pay us. But um, but they make better drinks. But there's a point of uh, of diminished returns where your ingredients for your drink may overpower the the. Uh, delicate nature of what you're pouring in there. So when you get to a certain level or a certain flavor profile in a rum or the scotch or the whiskey, um, then then mixing is not necessarily advised because you're actually just burying flavors at that point in time. I'll give give you
0: a perfect example of that. So many restaurants where you go to that make margaritas uh, now are putting you know, oh, we use this, you know, Don Julio, uh, Añejo, tequila, whatever, in our margaritas. And that's great and all, but I made some at home last night with Pura Vida silver. Yeah. They're yeah. least expensive. And they were some of the best margaritas yeah. ever. Like, there's something about the profile of that silver absolutely. tequila we were in here. that margarita. It doesn't overpower. It just blends perfectly yeah, with absolutely. the we lime here. and all of that.
1: Um, this was last year some point in time. Um and you had the bartender upstairs make a mixed drink for me with Monkey Shoulder. Yes. And Monkey Shoulder is amazing by itself. And it's not a real expensive whiskey, but it's amazing by mm-hmm. itself. But you had to make a mixed drink with the Monkey Shoulder, which is at a price point where most people are like, oh, you don't mix that. It was amazing. It was yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and, and Monkey
2: like Shoulder, is quite like, a few I mean, that's a whole separate, the awesomeness of Monkey Shoulder, that. I mean, it's a blended malt. It's, like, blended from probably the three most premier single malt houses on Earth at this point in Ken Envy, Glenfiddich, and Balvenie. Like, shameless hashtag Willie G plug right there. But, but no, and the thing is, like, and and that's the thing. Like, I can honestly say, and I'm going to look at the camera, and, like, this actually happened. I have made a Hemingway daiquiri with this. Wow. Um, It was a very expensive daiquiri. How was it? But, man, it was amazing. Yeah. But, again, it was, like one of those things that it was amazing because the sum of the ingredients was, you know, perfect. But it was also something I would never do again.
0: Right. You know, it's just like. Just, because it, you can have a daiquiri was, that is 99% This right good. here but, will yeah, make
2: right. an amazing handshake in Hemingway daiquiri. For so, those of you who don't know what Hemingway is, you take out the simple syrup and you do a split of uh, grapefruit juice and Luxardo marasch-
0: maraschino liqueur. Um, to go with your lime and, and rum. and and, and it, the result is deliciousness. Well, yes, yes, yes. Uh, what would I pay for that if I went and bought that bottle? Uh, um, it's the, north of a hundred. Absolutely, yeah. you're
2: probably pushing more towards the three over three range. I yeah. can probably
0: like. That's my if only if only we had some sort of portable uh, handheld device that you could, could ask use to ask questions of and and get answers like that. But uh, yeah, I'm guessing this is near 300 for the bottle this is the most amazing rum I've ever experienced and I've had a lot of different rums and I would have to I would have to uh, agree with you yeah there.
2: so you're looking retail after they mark it up you're, you're looking anywhere between f- you're actually north of four
0: wow. between four and five Wow five plus so we are going to count ourselves. Uh, very privileged to be sampling this today yeah i I'll I'll, I'll
2: I'll say that it is available at b and b but it is uh there are three digits. <laughs> Just to be honest but but again I mean it's it's a treat this is not something is that a you a treat I
0: mean this is this is some this is a
2: special occasion Absolutely. Thing. you know
0: you come out to B&B you're celebrating that birthday that anniversary absolutely. something like that and you want to nice do something cigar. special right right this is this is where you want to go If you're going to mix it use Coca-Cola
1: with real cane sugar
0: Yeah absolutely yeah. if you're going to hey. <laughs> or maybe not well, I
2: mean I'm, I'm Look, I'm still one of those people that when I bring out, you know, a 40-year-old single malt to a table, I still bring them soda on the side, water on the side, ice on the side. Like my job is not to tell you how you to have drink. it how you you're, want it. Like, that's on you. Like, Whatever makes you happy, right? Especially when it's a 40 year I really just, you know, once, you're, once your credit card is swiped, you know, my happiness is already <laughs> attained. <laughs> but, no, I mean, that's the thing. It's like for me, for example, people uh, I, I get when I drink whiskey, um... I I don't, I don't do the big cubes. Like I actually like some smaller cubes because I drink usually sh- stuff that's like 125, you know, to 130 proof and is really really hot, aggressive, peppery whiskey. Right. So I want that ice to melt a little bit and water it down a little bit as I go through it, and that's just the way that like my palate, like I enjoy it. Like, well, and I've
1: said it before. I like a cube of ice because I like to taste it neat, and then I like to taste it through the whole cold profile, which brings out the brighter. Fruitier flavor. Cold, up. not diluted, which is important. Right. And then as, and it, then dilutes, yeah. it, mm-hmm. as it dilutes, you water in, and you, you get a whole different flavor ride at that point in time. Absolutely. Like by the time you're down to the last bit of it, your ice is melted, it's watered down, you're getting tons of different flavors. Oh, yeah. You didn't get at the beginning of the drink. And there's a lot of people out there who are like, oh, I wouldn't put ice in that. You, How could you water that down? But it's really, you know, that's the way I drink it, and it's amazing well, like that. It Agreed. was
0: here on the patio that I had my first uh, 30 year. Um, oh yeah, the, the, the Balvenie, yeah. The Balvenie, and when uh, and I—that's uh, Desert Island whiskey yeah, right there. Mm, mm. I remember when they said, "Okay, now take your dropper and add a drop of water." I thought this feels almost sacrilegious to do, and yet I enjoyed it even, even more. more. Right, absolutely. Once I had put a couple of drops well, and, of water. Well, and
1: uh, in. Jonathan Wingo actually added a substantial amount of water yes. to uh, you? because yeah. you know I drink it with more water than most people would ever guess.
0: Yeah, and enjoys it. You know? But boy was it, boy was it amazing! So, yes, well, yeah. add to the list of amazing things we've tasted at B and B, the Eldorado. That is simply, simply outstanding. Now, before the show, we talked about whether we were going to taste that one or we were going to taste the, the, Pirat, Pirat, the Pirat. Yeah, the Pirat sixteen twenty three. You've obviously tasted them both. Uh huh. Which one do you think is better? Is that can you can you ABM?
2: Personally, I would, uh, for my palate, I would go with the Pirat because it's more aggressive. Wow. This is so this much is more so mellow and smooth, yes. and there's so much maple and caramel, and it's so, you've got that beautiful viscosity on your tongue. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me personally, like, and, and, and again, I, I need to stress, like, my palate is way more aggressive than most people's. Like, I don't, I don't really drink anything that's under 100 proof at my house, so. Right, right. You're, um, I you're, like...
0: You like serious stand up well, well, to it, and I don't. And I mean, there.
2: that's even in my cocktails. Like, I'm not one of those guys that like tries to hunt down the most balanced, perfectly thought out. Like, you know, I want stuff that punches me in the palate that says. Like, <laughs> that, like well, I kind of think of it like my personality. Like, I'm not a guy that walks up and like gently says hi to you. You right. know, I walk like, hey, what's going on? And that's kind of how I want my spirits to be. Yep. You know, I don't need it to just sort of be like, oh, hey, Jeremiah, how are you doing? Like, it's always like, bro, I haven't seen you in forever. You're you know? not gonna walk up and go.
0: Whiskey. oh yeah <laughs> it's a wonderful spirit i've been driving lincoln since before they were cool since
2: uh, before they paid me to drive them
0: i want to thank you uh for uh your continued support of this show oh man my pleasure and, love uh, the show man we love having you on i want you to know you're welcome anytime you can yeah, absolutely here. and uh, and we will not only plan to be back here and uh, do cigars on the on the patio next time. But this was fun being in the... Yeah, it's neat, right? You get job. to see a whole yeah, different this, side of the yeah, restaurant. a whole different side of it. Uh, but we are also very serious about planning the trip to Fort Worth and doing a show there. Absolutely. So we'll, so we'll talk about that. But thank you for your hospitality and for yeah, your actually, support. Actually, Wing, Wingo's and, based
2: out of Dallas. We'll see if we can get him back on the show in Fort Worth. <laughs> oh, there he is go.
0: always trouble, too, oh, which yeah. I love. I love that about him. He
2: brings it. the crazy beers. Yes. Like that oh, yeah. weird pink... Yeah, uh, <laughs> sparkling <laughs> beer. Yeah, right, right. I, I, yeah. that was it's, the it's grapefruit like, was made from grapefruits or whatever. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, no, we love that. We love that for sure. Uh, a couple of quick pieces of business. Uh, Christopher Hart, uh, our buddy and uh, good friend of the show, uh, sends hashtag whiskey bathes, which I think is uh, in relation to our uh, Matthew McConaughey comment about. Uh, about He's had more whiskey than he's had baths. He also says that he was involved, Matthew McConaughey, into making the project, uh, not just the face. And actually, so I want to
2: give a shout-out really quick to Chris Hart, because I'm pretty sure he's also throwing that out as a pun. Yes. Because the original whiskey is derived from the term Beth, which was water ah, of life. I see. So, like, he actually... Probably just made the smartest joke well, it was when, of the day. It went right over right, my right head. Over like, me. I, 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 and if he didn't, hey Chris, you're welcome for me giving you that credit. Yeah, well, <laughs> and,
0: and you know he's a, he's that kind of guy. Oh, but he's but. awesome. Uh, Saturday, July 28th is the date for the whiskey social, and I say this to uh, to tell you that if you are even remotely interested in whiskey this is one of the best things you could possibly do uh, you want to. to be there yes, all yes. year it's 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 my favorite whiskey event I've ever been to so uh, it's fantastic so we encourage you to do that you can find out more at uh, Houston whiskey I believe or if you just Google Houston whiskey social uh, you'll certainly find it so I uh, want to thank uh, everybody involved thanks to Adam on the wheels of Steel today uh, Ian it's been fun doing show number 85 and we always have a good time here at b and b my biggest problem at bnB is like, after we're done with the show, I just kind of want to hang out, you know, yeah. and, like, eat and drink stuff, you know? It's uh, it's that kind of a place. and uh, <laughs> Yeah, and we eat. have that effect on yeah, people. Yeah, so, uh, So, we'll probably be doing that for a while. Uh, thank you again, Jeremiah. We appreciate all of your uh, no, always All of on, your man. energy and enthusiasm. And, wow, you brought some amazing rums today. Absolutely. I fantastic. was so impressed with the first one. Yeah. And then we had the second one. Well,
2: the second one is one of the most yeah. impressive rums on earth. I mean, yeah.
0: It's hard to to, to complain about this job, Ian, I'll tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) I want to thank everyone for being here and also want to just say this. For those of you who are still with us right here at the end of the show, I want to tease a segment we will be debuting in the uh, the coming weeks. (laughs) It's something we're very excited about. It's a new segment on the show. It'll be a very short segment. But it's called Puppets Smoking Cigars. Puppets Smoking Cigars.
1: You heard it here first.
0: I leave you with that, my friends. And uh, as we always like to say at the end of the show, have a wonderful weekend. Cheers.
1: Cheers.